This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Coming in after the break, and we already have to settle something. I don't know what comes up on the roundtable when Kelly picks the conversation topics. Okay, Margaret? Okay, I believe you. I don't. All right. I believe you. <laughs> it's just the same way. Okay. But you won't know if uh, I pick them. It's okay. Know, I'm just giving you the like gears. To keep some traditions going. There are a lot yeah. of changes that happen on this show, on this network, in the world. Some things well, that's not one of them. Yeah. remain. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not one of them. The roundtable okay. stays secret. Okay. Even if the that's check right. were in the mail for you? Yeah. Even if the check were in the when, mail? Well, money talks, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Money <laughs> not <talks>. today. <laughs> money can talk pretty loudly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, every Thursday, we have this roundtable conversation. It's hosted by whoever's hosting the show. Today, it's me. And it's an open conversation on a variety of subjects, handpicked by moi, except when it's Kelly. And today, along with Margaret Weldon, who's joining us as a guest on the roundtable, is AMI content development specialist in, I'm saying, Eastern Ontario and Quebec. You can tell me if that's correct, Karen. Karen McGee it's is joining all of us. Ontario and Quebec, please. All? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. Thank you. That's why I'm in we Toronto so much. That's why I'm in Toronto That's so true, much. Yeah. That's very true. You are in Toronto. All the, in a good way. <laughs> but yeah. yeah okay. Do you know about this, this whole uh, background on us triple checking with all the content development specialists on who's who and who represents what? No. Do you want Kelly us to swap it around it. on you though? Do you want us to swap no. you around on it though? I'm happy no, we're to just, you we're, Mm-mm. we're finally getting to know what you guys really do. And so don't do that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Thank you. But also, also you can, um, Kelly started this uh, with Jim. So, yeah. But oh, it's here, always guys, back to some... Jim. It's always Jim's fault. It. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Wow. I'm learning so much today. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to bring up today. Um, We'll start with some more serious stuff. The federal government is asking a federal court judge to review some parts of a $40 billion settlement over discrimination in the Indigenous child welfare system. But three federal cabinet ministers, including um, Indigenous Services Minister Patty Hadou, say a review would not impede work with the parties to determine how to distribute compensation to children and families in areas of agreement. This is a historic agreement in that it is uh, an agreement that represents uh, huge sums of money, indeed $40 billion, $20 billion for compensation. But not only that, it is an agreement that has been led by Indigenous people and designed by Indigenous people. And so we'll continue, as I said, to work with the parties. Um, Our first priority is to ensure compensation can unfold quickly. Okay, so the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal rejected the deal in late October, throwing the settlement into question. So, first of all, let's talk about compensation for a second. Um, I think it's one of the oldest questions in the book. Is compensation real? Like, does it matter? Does it work? Does it feel like something for the people who are affected? Or is it just throwing money at whatever it is, the issue, and saying, okay, we we dealt with it? Uh, So, 
you know, the question of does it really make a difference for the people being compensated? And are we taking it seriously, especially now in this lens of or through this lens of truth and reconciliation for our Indigenous communities in Canada? Karen, any first thoughts? Um, my first thought is, boy, all my history lessons were really wrong when I was a kid. And that's always my first thought when we talk about this. Yes. Yeah. Um, this has been going on a long time. And the more that people learn, I think the more horrified a lot of people are about what really happened as part of our Canadian history. And this was designed by Indigenous people and developed by, you know, the, the, the compensation package. Um, and I just wish that people, the government, uh, the monarchy would just come out and maybe verbally apologize a little bit more. I mean, the money's one thing and, you know, you just can't throw money at a problem and go away. But learning and educating ourselves about what happened and and it's just everything. This, this topic always makes me so uncomfortable because I feel so bad. Like everything I learned in yep. school feels like a lie. I don't know if that answers your question, but verbal apologies no, and go it a doesn't, long way too. Exactly. Right. And that's what I'm trying to get at. So these things that some people like if we were going to hear what everybody has to say about this, there are people who genuinely believe that this is not fixing the problem. And I stand by that as well. I don't think anything is going to fix the problem per se. But a while ago on the roundtable, I brought up this conversation about a man who was wrongly handcuffed accused, arrested in front of his little granddaughter. Um, and these these two individuals are of Indigenous background. And then the police officers didn't show up for the hearing. And they didn't show up for the ceremony that this person was holding um, to, to heal, right? Like this healing ceremony, this kind of uh, apology slash let's bring it full circle and deal with this. And when the officer didn't show up, and when the, the whole thing was not supported by the police force, um, this person talked about that and how sad it was and how hard it will be to move on from this wrongful accusation and handcuffing because it just, we need to heal. And I think that that's a big part of it. So as you said, Karen, and as mentioned in the clip, the uh, program was created by people from Indigenous communities. So Margaret, does that weigh in big for you that the compensation program was developed by people of Indigenous background? All right, I'm going to approach this in just a little bit of a different way because I have heard from two different um, Indigenous families and the one group has said that, you know what, the, the compensation, I, I guess, is a way to make the men's, you know, however, we do wish there was more apology coming out. And the other group has said, it's like they're trying to buy us off. And, 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 you know, without, and never mind acknowledging and never mind this and that it's like, they're trying to buy us off. So for me, I don't really know what to feel. Like I kind of feel like Karen does in the sense that it is uncomfortable. It's, it's nothing that we have gone through. And I, I don't know that there's any right or wrong answer here. I, I really, I really don't. I, I, no. you know, I, I don't know. I mean, and then the one family too, that said, you know, they're trying to buy us off, you know, also said, but it's the higher ups in the tribe that's going to get all the money anyway. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's mm. right or it's wrong. I, I do wish there was more apology given. I wish there was more acknowledgement given. That's about as far yeah. as I can go with that. Yep. And that that's a whole different problem that you just brought up as well. Okay, well, the compensation 
agreeing and disagreeing on it is one thing, but if it goes through, then what's the next part of it? You know, where does that money trickle down to and who gets it and do we get enough of it? And uh, do the next generations of people get some, what does this money actually represent exactly? All the above. Um, Let's move on to something else here. And thank you for both for your thoughts on that one. The Bank of Canada, there's a lot going on with inflation. And Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem says governments looking to provide inflection, (laughs) inflation relief to Canadians should choose measures that are well-targeted and temporary. At a House of Commons committee meeting, Macklem warned against broad measures that could work against the Bank of Canada's efforts to climb down on high inflation. You know, the danger of um, you know, very widespread uh, measures is, it, it, you know, the price system works um, and you got to you got to let it work. That's part of, uh, you know, that's part of getting inflation back down. So you don't want to you don't want monetary and fiscal policy to work at cross purposes. The Bank of Canada has been progressively raising interest this year in the wake of inflation, reaching the highest levels it's seen in four decades. Uh, that's pretty huge in and of itself. So inflation is this heavy word with all kinds of repercussions and implications. Um, we are experiencing it in many ways, like the the examples are things like buying groceries and selling and buying real estate and understanding our income, supporting families and raising kids, healthcare, access needs, et cetera, et cetera. The, the list goes on, right? And how we're feeling inflation. But does the Bank of Canada's way of dealing with inflation, this is a real basic question, by raising the interest rates, does it make sense for you and I individually? Does it make sense to say, yeah, we know it's going to be tough for the next several years. We know that things need to balance out and this is the way that they're feeling about it and dealing with it. Does that make sense, Margaret? No, no, it doesn't. As far as I'm concerned, and and I I don't know whether this is right or wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's greed is what it is. Sure. Yes. Maybe you've got to raise the interest rates a little bit to calm inflation down, but I think the rate he's going, and I mean, he still uh, wants to continue raising interest rates. That was last night. And yet, you know, you hear about all of these surveys right now. And I guess the one that I heard about yesterday was where uh, 75% of the people that were surveyed in Canada said they've had to make negatively drastic changes to their situations, whether it become homeless, whether they can't put food on the table anymore. I mean, there has to be sort of a a happy medium here, guys. And that's, no, I'm sorry. I I don't agree with this keeping raising interest rates. Karen, your thoughts? So, I mean, I renewed my mortgage six months early because the interest rates were starting to scare me. Um, mm-hmm. and paid the, paid the fees to do that because the fees that I was paying to renew early were less than what the interest rate were going to cost me over the long run. That being said, it's great. That, I mean, I, 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 see, I, I see what they're trying to do. However, can we go to the fact that all these big companies that are raising the prices on things like the $2 more for butter that I'm paying this year than I was last year per pound of butter, it's yep. $2 more. These The companies are making more profits and do they need to be making this this amount of profit during a time of inflation can the companies maybe make a little less money like do they need to make billions and millions of dollars and Mm -hmm. i'm not talking about like you know everybody gets an equal share type thing 
but it's more maybe they could talk to some of these people who are making all the extra money and do something that way get the get the companies to pay their employees more like there's no need that companies yeah. need, need to make millions and billions of dollars and go out and buy things like twitter i'm looking at you elon musk um <laughs> i was waiting for the call out <laughs> i'm still bitter i'm still bitter i have to have starlink um but yeah, no, the interest rate thing can be scary for the middle income person and the lower income person because that's who it hit. It doesn't seem to hit the higher income people yep. very much. Which is and why this whole thing is ironic, right? Because he's he's saying, okay, if you're going to help, be be warned, be aware, and make sure it's temporary. But what, look, look at who you're talking to. You're talking to that low income, middle income person, the people who you said, uh, Margaret, had to make these drastic sacrifices just to be able to keep living. Well, that's right. You know, and it's not just the living, but I mean, even just to put simple things like coffee, tea, or, you know, or simple food on the table. And okay, mm-hmm. I, I know there was a grocery store chain that at the beginning of uh, this month, actually at the end of last month, beginning of this month, talked about how they were, you know, going to, I don't know if it was going to freeze their prices until some point in 2023. But I don't know how much I believe that either. So can I yeah. mention that? If that is where I was talking, I get my butter from that chain store. That's the grocery store in town. We have one grocery store in town. And before, about a month before that announcement was when the price of the no-name butter went from $4.99 to $6.99. And then they froze their prices. They bumped everything up first. I'm I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy or anything, but I just, that sort of stuff seems to just be smoke and mirrors. Bump everything up. Yeah, no. Now I'm going to freeze it. And, and you know what the thing tell? is? I buy a lot of butter. <laughs> well, uh, that's what I was just going to actually say, that we're not in a place where we could be nice about it, where we could be half glass full, because this is on top of every other thing that people have been experiencing, right? Every other thing with the pandemic and with the losses and with the years of isolation and, uh, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for whatever, food, livelihood, quality, anything. And so now on top of that, they're like, oh, by the way, inflation is going to take decades to get back on track. Pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. But um, we're not going to end it on that note. So let's talk about something else going on. Here's one kind of problem that's going on in the world. Two members of the band Journey are going to court over a credit card. Journey keyboardist Jonathan Kane wants guitarist Neil Sean to stop using the band's Amex card. Sean has filed a lawsuit against Kane involving the company they co-own, Nomoda. Sean says he's been denied access to the credit card and its records. Kane says Sean has been running up enormous personal charges to fund his, quote, extravagant lifestyle. The two have been going back and forth in statements, accusing each other of mismanaging company money. All this while they have a four-month tour together kicking off in January. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. That's going to be an awkward tour. Definitely going to be awkward. Sounds um, like a Judge Judy show for me. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Took the words right off my page. That's like, right. you know when you watch Divorce Court or Judge Judy and you see these cases and you're like, come on, guys, couldn't you have handled this at home? This is really embarrassing for you in public. That's the kind of reaction I'm having to this. How about you guys? Definitely. Well, I'm just a small town girl living in a lonely world. Um, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, uh, why are people like this? First of all, don't steal money from your work, which their job is company the band. credit card. Jeez. Like, don't do that. 
and like take don't you don't have to like taking it to court oh just figure it out guys you yeah. got accountants just take money out of his paycheck to pay it back or fire him like if he's stealing from the van <laughs> fire him <laughs> this, is, this is too much Fleetwood Hot Mac takes vibe. With Karen McGee. <laughs> this is too much Fleetwood yeah. Mac vibe for all the wife swapping. Sorry. <laughs> and here's okay. the thing, right? Because it is a company. It is their job. And they're stuck together on this tour now, which they're gonna make money off of. So I don't think anyone's gonna be bowing down out of that one. And so I'm I'm the thing is though, when celeb when these happen, these kind of situations happen to celebrities, it's now a big hit. Like it's it's a reality show thing. Oh yeah, again, it, it, yeah. you gotta wonder how much of it is real. Like how much of this is real and how much of it is scripted. I mean, yeah, okay, maybe they are fighting over the credit card, but <laughs> well, they're going is, to is court. there a reality show being done in the tour? I you know I now have to look that up now. I I hope so. I, think doing... I mean, it's juicy. <laughs> if you're a super fan of Journey, you're gonna be following this for a while. You gonna pick sides, Karen? Yeah. Do you have sides? Do I have sides in Journey? I just like their songs. I'm old. Like, this is, you know, <laughs> I I once played one of their songs in a piano recital. I played Open Arms. I'm okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking what? up right now. Journey <laughs> Band Documentary or Journey Band Reality Show. Talk amongst yourselves while I look this up. You had to say credit card. I think it was Well, maybe if there show. is um, one, Karen, maybe you want to get one going. Maybe that's the next step for you. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'll put in a pitch to, uh, I'll put in the pitch. Nothing is coming up, but it's just, yeah. they're saying it's lies. It's in the works, the credit card was lost. If they go to trial, if they can't dispute this out and they go to trial, there got to be a documentary. At I'll least a mini one on YouTube. Kara, Kara yeah, is a pitch you. coming your way. Yeah, that's you right. That. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Karen, awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining us on the roundtable. This is my Hot first roundtable. Really enjoyed it. Let me know. <gasps> me again. What? Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm starting I'm to glad take it, it was with me then. <laughs> no, we good. love you. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. guys. Karen McGee, Bye. content development specialist in all of Ontario and Quebec for AMI joining us on the roundtable along with myself and Margaret Weldon taking a break and wrapping up the show after this on Kelly and Company. The Walrus is Canada's conversation and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.